Welcome back to our Venture Sprout podcast, where we feature spin-ups and new co's that Visient members are developing and launching across the country. I'm your host, Crystal Mollis, Vice President of Digital, Virtual Experience, and Ventures at Visient. In this episode, we continue our discussion with Medically Home. Joining me today is Raphael Rakowski, Executive Chairman of Medically Home. Welcome back to our podcast. Anything more specifically about the partnership that you want to share? Yeah, I would. As I've experienced the healthcare system, not just as someone that's trying to have a positive impact on the way we care for patients. I've also been a patient. and I've also had family members in the system. The experience with Kaiser and Mayo has been profound for me. Let's start with Mayo Clinic. They are the real deal when it comes to patient centricity, their commitment to the best possible care, and their orientation around serious and complex patients. Obviously, a lot of other health systems are challenged when a serious and complex patient which has unknown issues, and navigating that is really not the bread and butter of most health systems. So the clinical relationship with Mayo Clinic has been an extraordinary blessing for me and my team because of their commitment to this really high-end quality care. And Kaiser Permanente, having been fully integrated around value for a very long time and at massive scale, the way they think about the world, the way they think about scaling, and also a deep commitment to patient quality. When you combine those two relationships, forget about the business implications. What's really changing for us and the market because of them is they're highly regarded for those two qualities. And they're coming together on behalf of this model and idea has shifted the market, not just obviously the enterprise that we have the privilege to run on behalf of patients. So it's changed everything. And the announcement, which was in the coming for a long, long time has had a pretty significant shift on the way I'm interacting with health systems since the announcement was made last week. That's fantastic. Well, let's talk about that. If I'm a health system that's interested in partnering with Medically Home, what do I need to be thinking about relative to that investment or getting my organization ready to be successful? Well, I have a number of calls a day, and I had a couple today around answering the questions. So I tell people, if you want to do this yourself, you certainly can for lower acuity patients. Hospitals have home health. A lot of them have paramedicine. A lot of them have DME. They own their own assets that could be helpful. But to actually deploy a model at scale for high acuity patients, what I suggest to them is they consider, first of all, whether or not they want to do that, whether their CFO is on board, whether strategically this really aligns with their business plan. That's just the first question. And typically I offer to go out and have dinner with that leadership team and say, look, I'll tell you everything that I know and everything I would do if I were you relative to where you are strategically, who's your competition, where are you in volumes and all the pressures that health systems have to navigate. This is not for everybody. So some health systems, this is not for them at all. In some cases, lower acuity makes sense. And in some cases, a higher acuity, larger volume initiative makes sense. So step one is having a sober conversation about whether this idea fits and at what level of acuity. Step two, the investment necessary to do this typically is in the range of, call it two and a half to three and a half million dollars to set this up. Having said that, a number of our customers now who have already set up this capability are willing to, in essence, subcontract to smaller systems that don't want to make or can't make the investment. And that's happening with a number of our customers now where their command centers, their infrastructure is already set up and they're being approached to us. And we then offer them, if you don't want to build your own command center and you want to buy some time and experiment with the 
model using someone else's command center, we'll facilitate that for you. And we are doing that as we speak. So that's another avenue, Crystal, to engage. And the economics for that are sub a million dollars versus the three-ish million dollars to do it on your own. The third model, which I'm doing almost full-time now myself in Oklahoma with a team, is to engage with the state and to look at the state-level needs, particularly with states that have recent Medicaid expansion, and the need to deliver a model like this, particularly on behalf of rural patients, which is where I'm spending most of my time. And the unique capabilities of the model allow us to care for patients that are dispersed, where critical access hospitals are simply not able to deliver the care that these patients need, and they're leaking into other communities or other states. So simple answer to your question is a kind of a sober assessment of where you are as a system, followed by a potential investment of, let's say, one to three and a half million dollars, depending on your needs and interest. And it typically takes anywhere from three to eight months between decision to move and patient one. Excellent. I think that's fantastic. I love how you're extending the reach as well to these rural communities and could certainly also help to influence or at least impact health equity in the future as well, depending on how you're able to scale that. So that's good. And I love that you're scaling for organizations, you're creating scale for them to be able to tap into other command centers. Are there other partners that are non-traditional players, maybe like health plans or even employers that could benefit from Medically Home or that you're considering in your stakeholder group? Cardinal Health is a very significant strategic partner of ours and an investor. And as we've spent time with them and looked at the world together as decentralization of care is starting to really have tailwinds, they've become a very strategic relationship for us. And they're great people and it's been a great partnership. As we look at the rest of the landscape, I've had numbers of meetings with employers, but as I really think about the market, Crystal, what I'm beginning to see, and I haven't actually had this talk with anyone, what I'm going to share with you on how I've segmented the market, mostly because of what's happened very recently, including my experience with in and around COVID. There are three groups of patients that I'm significantly interested in. One is cancer patients, and that's obviously catalyzed by our experience with MGH. Another is patients with renal disease, ESRD, and the third are babies, babies. And each of them are fairly small, modest volumes, but very significant expense and very significant complexity where the home represents a really large part of a solution that's desired by the patient and family. So let's put those aside for a second. Those are use cases. What I'm starting to see is all of the providers that work in that space, which is small volume, high complexity, like cancer as an example. What I'm beginning to see is that those stakeholders in that space where it's so complicated for cancer patient who has to deal with a surgeon, an initial oncologist, their primary care physician, maybe other specialists, possibly a radiation therapist. So as these patients try to navigate their care, it becomes more and more complex and more and more difficult for them to be able to do that in a way, unless somebody's quarterbacking that care and using the home as the center of the model instead of the provider. So the simplest way to think about the future, at least through my lens over the last few months, we've organized healthcare for 100 years plus around the provider and the payment. And now we need to organize the delivery of care around the patient and their home. And that is a radical shift. And as you look at the more complicated patients, in particular, elderly and frail who are frequently hospitalized, comorbid conditions, those patients as well have very significant requirements. I think what we're going to end up seeing is the patients that have this serious complex care need who benefit from the home clinically and financially will become the first real cadre of patients that shift the model and the stakeholders, but the traditional way that the payer looks at the world and the traditional way the payer and the provider interact and the tension that's there, I've tried to avoid that and instead exclusively represent the provider and exclusively on behalf of patient care models that really, really help both the patient and elevate the economics for the provider 
So what's different about our model is that the hospital now typically, let's say, gets a DRG payment for the acute care only. And in our model, as I mentioned, Crystal, we're with the patient 30 days and the hospital is now paid in a bundle environment where they're getting payment for not just the hospitalization, but all the care that follows. So their revenue actually goes up, their margin goes up, their connectivity to the patient and the family goes up, and they're creating a wall, a defensive wall around other people moving into their market. And that's true whether they're interacting with the payer, whether they're taking their own risk as an ACO or an MA plan, or they're interacting with self-insured employers. The real focus needs to be on the movement of care and the change of care, not the movement of money. And all of the plans that I've seen, at least in my lifetime, have always tried to restructure healthcare based on moving the money instead of changing the care. So long-winded answer, Crystal, but our stakeholders are still always, first and foremost, patients, families, and providers. I love that. You know, the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking about that is in order for the consumer movement to really create a higher demand for something like medically home, they have to know about it, right? So COVID did that for virtual health. It helped the consumer or the patients really understand that there are more options available for care to be delivered and for them to interact or engage a provider. How do we begin to think about that with medically home? Because, you know, sometimes the patients firewalled away from that option. Well, (laughs) so there's a a major event that's going to happen at the consumer level that's underway right now. And there'll be another event on New Year's Day, both very high profile and directly related to consumers and to drive awareness specifically around this option and specifically to drive the recognition that it's providers who have vision and care about patients deserve the attention from the country that they're making this shift. And so in terms of that concern, that's been a concern of mine, but that'll be behind us hopefully very, very soon. Oh, that's exciting. And you have us on the edge. So <laughs> we can't wait. We can't wait to hear. Well, that sounds good because that sounds like the last question is really I wanted to ask you is to the degree that you can share what is next for Medically Home? You've already shared a lot already about the future and how you see it and how you see it playing out both near term and long term. But is there anything specific you want the audience to know? I'm very focused on underserved Right now, the way to easily frame it so it's digestible is rural care for underserved patients because the model enables us to take dispersed patients and not rely on bricks and mortar models, which don't work. Everyone who's listening to this podcast knows it doesn't work. You need volume in any kind of physical asset to make it work financially. So I am very excited about the movement we're making to rural care. We'll be making some announcements about that. And I'm very excited about engaging with a health system partner in a state with the whole state on behalf of patients in that state. Rather than the traditional way, within any given markets, health systems compete with one another. Imagine a health system that has a very strong point of view about addressing rural health issues and leads with the governor and the health authority on behalf of all patients in the state for a model like this. That's what's next for Medically Home. And that's what I've been driving at the stage of my career. And then obviously there's a lot of interest internationally. And I don't know, on any given day, one to two countries have reached out to see if we can move this model into an international ecosystem. Well, Raphael, it's been fantastic. And it's rare that we run across folks like yourself who are making such a huge difference in healthcare, both on behalf of providers, but specifically on behalf of patients. Crystal, can I give you a closing thought? Please do. Please give us your last closing thought. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was seven years old, my mother, both of my parents were Holocaust survivors and my mother was very, very ill and my father was working and I got home from school and she was crying and screaming and projectile vomiting. And my brother had just passed away. I was an only child with my parents and it was a very horrible moment and I got very scared. I found her white leather phone book sitting next to the phone in the kitchen and I found the doctor's phone number, her doctor, and I called the doctor's office 
And the nurse who answered the phone back in the day when nurses answered the phone instead of a receptionist said, no, the doctor can't make a house call. And I started crying and begging. And then at about five after five, here comes the doctor into the house with his tie unloosed, uh, stethoscope around his neck, little doctor bag in his hand, tired, had a hard day. And I brought him to the bedroom where my mother was. And from the moment we walked from the kitchen to the bedroom, I could hear her screaming and crying. And then the door opened. And I brought in the doctor. And at that moment, her face became peaceful. And she stopped screaming. She stopped crying. And it was like an angel had walked into the house. It was the most remarkable thing. I'm crying. I'm sorry that I ever saw up until that point in my life. It was like literally someone came from heaven and I never forgot the power of a healer coming into the house. A year and a half ago, I changed my name from Richard Rakowski to Raphael Rakowski. Raphael is the archangel of healing. And I've dedicated my life to try to create that experience for everybody. That's what it feels like when you're vulnerable and sick when a healer comes to your home. It is the most powerful thing. We've lost sight of that. We've become very, very large institutions delivering care. We lost sight of the power of a healer in our home, at our bed, when we're the most vulnerable. And that's my closing thought. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story with us, Raphael. It's incredible. Those experiences, although hard for you to live through, were a part of your life for a reason. Look what you're doing to bring something different to everyone else who can experience, like you said, a healer coming into the home. So we're grateful. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal. And to our audience, thank you for listening to this episode of the Venture Sprout podcast. If you are a Vizient member and subscribe to our network offerings, we encourage you to register to attend our full experience on the new digital frontier as we explore healthcare spinups and new co's. This experience includes additional podcasts featuring the new co's and a matchmaking venture summit. In that summit, we will feature several member spinups and give you the opportunity to have one-on-one conversations to explore relationships that could lead to investment opportunities, co-development, and or a buying opportunity with these companies. So if you're a C-suite leader, you've received an email from us to register for these events. We look forward to seeing you there.